Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be reading Chapter 9 of As It Is Translated Correctly, pages 106 to 145. The title of the chapter is Biblical Errors. So this chapter is going to be a long uh, episode, and uh, it's going to take me, well... We'll see how long it takes me, but I'll get through it all. We'll dedicate the program and we'll get right into the reading. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we ask thee to forgive us of our sins and our transgressions that we might have thy spirit to be with us more fully as we go over this topic in this book. We thank thee, Father, for the man who compiled it, that he was able to write some of these books out so quickly as you inspired him to put these chapters together we thank thee father for the servants that have gone on before and those who are currently on the earth who are seeking to bring about zion's redemption and lead the people in a way that they can be part of the great awakening that we might further the restoration and prepare ourselves to become a Zion people. We thank thee, Father, for thy son, Jesus Christ, and all of the former prophets for their life and their struggles, for holding strong to the iron rod and the word of God, that we might all come back into thy presence. We love thee, Father, and we ask for thy blessings to be upon us as we listen to these things. Help inspire us and give us inspiration that we might be led and guided by thy spirit. We love thee, Father, and we ask for thy blessings to be upon us. In the name of Messiah, amen. Biblical Errors, chapter 9 of As It Is Translated Correctly, pages 106 through 145. It is obvious to non-Mormons that there are very few members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who can point out errors in the Bible, nor do they know these inconsistencies even exist. As one anti-Mormon publication stated, quote, ask the Mormons to show you exactly where the errors in the Bible exist. End quote by Mormonism, um, by Saints Alive, page 2. The purpose of this chapter, then, is to show that there are definitely biblical errors and inconsistencies, how they occurred and what some of them are. Ancient prophets usually dwell among wicked people as the masses didn't believe in the revelation from God in vision or in angels thus the common fate of most prophets was excessive persecution and cruelty 
Unbelievers sought to destroy the writings of the prophets and, if possible, tried to kill the prophets themselves. Our generation has been no different. Too often the manuscripts of the prophets were of necessity hastily handed down to other believers, few in number and usually uneducated. Um, Real quick. So, one of the signs of true prophets is that the world will hate them and try to persecute them and try to destroy them. Um, One of the reasons why I don't really share my name a whole lot on these podcasts, I used to, but I don't um, talk about my name too much because people have come after me. Um, One of the reasons why I don't invite people over to my house anymore or even try to, I mean, I tell them, you know, I live in Emory County, but I don't like to share my um, teachings with people in this area because of the crazy rumors that have gone around and the hate and the persecution that has gone around. In fact, one of the reasons why I live in the house that I live in out in the country is because I have one neighbor and there's nobody else around where I live. Um, It's not too far out of town, but um, I just have noticed in the last 10 years the the persecution that has come and it some of it's been pretty violent um some of it has been death threats um and other uh, types of threats people have wanted to fight me physically um and luckily there's not gangs of people uh, that have wanted to do that. They're just individuals, but they can't stand me. And I I don't even know why other than the fact that maybe their demons hate me because they know who I am. But um, when you see a, a true prophet, you're going to see somebody who has been persecuted. Somebody like Joseph Smith. And... Uh, I just find it interesting that um, that the persecution of the saints has lessened over time as they become more popular with the world and given up so many different parts of the restoration, um, which they have. If you if you don't know, they've changed um, scriptures, they've rewritten scriptures, they've. Um, taken revelations out of out of the canonical uh, books and changed doctrine and covenants around. They've not um, submitted many revelations that were received in the early periods of the church because it contradicts what the Gentiles were trying to push on us at the time. Uh, even though Jesus Christ was the one that gave those revelations to the early leaders of the church. Um, you have changes like um, who Jehovah is. Um, the early saints knew that Jehovah was the great-grandfather or the grandfather of Jesus. And later in the 1880s, um, the doctrine began to be circulated in the church, and it finally was solidified in the 1920s 
that Jesus and Jehovah were the same person, even though that contradicts scripture and the former teachings of the church uh, before the 1880s. Um, we've gotten rid of the law of adoption, uh, rebaptism, plural celestial marriage, the United Order, the Council of Fifty, and the Kingdom of God. Um, there's a lot of things that we've gotten rid of, and as we've gotten rid of things, the Gentiles don't persecute us as much, and we become more and more friends with the world, which um, in the New Testament, it says that to be friends with the world is to be in opposition or at enmity with God. And as you look at the persecution, yes, there is persecution, but it's very minor compared to the members of the church um, that are out there today. Um, it's very minor. And you don't see a lot of persecution among the leadership. Um, but when you have true prophets like Joseph Smith or Elijah or Jeremiah or Jesus or John the Baptist, um, this is what the adversary pushes towards them. He wants them to be destroyed. He wants to shut them up because they are true messengers. And when you don't see that, um, you have to kind of take a, take a step back and ask why. Anyway, continuing on. Too often manuscripts of prophets were of necessity hastily handed down to other believers, few in number and usually uneducated. Many times they had to make copies under dire circumstances and in most unfavorable conditions. Thus the information on the copies became sporadic and erroneous. Copies of copies had to be made because of the temporary life of the materials upon which original translations had been written. It is easy to understand, therefore, why after a few hundred years, the copies became dissimilar in many ways to the original writings of the prophets. So the uninspired ministers of Christianity today have a serious problem with the Bible. They declare to the world that the Bible is infallible, complete, and inerrant. Yet without much scrutiny, they could easily find errors, mistranslations, and incomplete texts, contradictions, and most embarrassing, the blunders of former translators. Not wanting to admit these errors, they continue to publish new corrections or improved translations. However, instead of creating a better or more perfect translation, they just provide fuel for others to make more new translations. It is, it is anyone's guess as to how many hundreds of Bibles have been published, all different from each other. One estimate has been 1,152 or 1,152 different translations. But the, number con the numbers continue to grow. The contradictory variations in these Bibles are almost as numerous and as differing as their Christian churches. Although there are many apparent discrepancies in the Bible, 
it does not necessarily mean that it cannot be considered true or that it is not of God. One has to underestimate that many men have have handled, copied, and translated, and even added the, to the original writings. Because of these inadvertent errors, many people are confused or have lost faith in the Bible. However, they should understand that the original revelations from God were pure and true, and it is, it is the man-made trans... Uh, the man-handled translations that have suffered because of human wisdom. We can probably assume that most of the seemingly contradictory statements in the Bible were not in the original writings. Many Bible enthusiasts in their blind faith and lack of understanding will whitewash these contradictions. And we're on page 108 at 5%. The, uh, using every tactic, tactic of a defense attorney in a courtroom, the author is aware of over 50 books published with the purpose of resolving or glossing over those errors. However, it is no disgrace or serious offense to the Bible to admit or examine these contradictions or errors. On the contrary, it helps us to search deeper for the correct version of what was actually said or written. As early as early as 1625, John Sharp published a book attempting to explain over 700 discrepancies he found in the Bible. By the year 1662, Jones Theatus and Thomas Mann published a work in London that attempted to give reasons for over 3,000 biblical contradictions. The list continues to grow in spite of the new Bible versions attempting to correct errors and inconsistencies. They still seem to exist, of which are even uh, some of which are even humorous. A number of editions of the Bible have been published which are known by particular names derived either from errors in the printing or unusual translations of words or phrases. The Bug Bible, which was uh, uh, produced in 1551, renders Psalm 91.5, quote, so that you shall not need be afraid of any bug bugs by night instead of any terrors by night. The so-called Printer's Bible has Psalms 119.16 that read, Printers have persecuted me without a cause instead of princes have persecuted me without a cause. One printing of the Geneva Bible, which was published in 1560, Known as the Breaches Bible renders or Breaches Bible renders Genesis chapter three verse seven. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves breeches instead of made themselves aprons.
The Bishop's Bible, which was published in 1568, contains a translation of Jeremiah 8.22, which has caused it to be known as the Treckle Bible. Is there no treckle in Gilead? Instead of, of, is there no balm in Gilead? The King James Version of the Bible, uh, 1604-1611, appeared in two different printings, which are called the He and the She editions of the King James translation, because they differ in the rendering of the last pronoun in Ruth 3.15. One edition reads, And he went into the city while she other roads. And he went into the city while the other reads, and she went into the city. One printing of the Dore Bible from 1609 to 1610, known as the Rosin Bible, renders Jeremiah 8.22. Is there no Rosin in Gilead? Oh, sorry. In the Wicked Bible, 1631, the seventh commandment, Exodus 20, verse 14, thou shalt commit adultery. In the Bible published in 1653, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 reads, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God? So-called vinegar Bible which was published in 1717, has the confusing title, title, Parable of the Vinegar, printed over the 20th chapter. I'm sorry. Um, So I finished my other podcast. And then I went and helped my wife and my kids get ready for school. And I saw how long this one was. And I'm like, I'm going to go try to do uh, to do this podcast and see how much I can get into it. Because I know it's going to take me uh, several hours to get through it. Um, so anyway, I'm kind of like wanting to take a nap now because I've been up since like three this morning <laughs> but I'll I'll see if I can make it through some more before I take a break so the vinegar bible which was published in 1717 has the confusing title parable of of the vinegar printed over the 20th chapter of the gospel according to Luke instead of the usual heading parable of the vineyard the Rebka camel bible which was published in 1823 has genesis 24:61, which reads and rebecca arose in her camels instead of her damsels and that is uh, a quote the whole thing was a quote from american people's encyclopedia volume 3 page 118 These may or may not be considered errors in the Bible. However, critics of the Book of Mormon point out similar errors in it and thus conclude that it could not be of God. By the same ill ill logic, 
they should criticize and condemn the Bible. The very common error The very common error has been obvious in the use of biblical names. Dr. Davidson, in his introduction of the Old Testament, um, volume 2, pages 108 through 112, gives a list taken from the first 11 chapters of Chronicles showing 114 names which differ from corresponding names in other parts of the scriptures. These variations he attributes to the errors of the translators an excellent example of the errors in transcribing or translating names was explained by John W. Hell in his book, Alleged Discrepancies of the Bible. And we're on page 110 at 10%. Number one, concerning persons, names, etc. We have elsewhere called attention to the close resemblance of a considerable number of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and to this consequent liberty of confounding them with each other. These simple facts furnish a reasonable explanation of many discrepancies with reference to names. The following examples will illustrate the point. In Samuel 2, 23, um, chapter 23, verses uh, starting with verse 27, we find the name Mibunai. In 1 Chronicles 11, 29, the name Sebikai, both referring to the same person. Now compare these new these names in the Hebrew blank and blank and there is not the least doubt that they that the variation or discrepancy arose through a copyist blunder so Hamden Genesis uh, 36 26 and Aramon in first Chronicles 141 stand in the Hebrew thus and thus. Um, also, Zabdi, Josh 7, verse 1, and Zimri, First Chronicles 2, 6, are written blank and blank. No reasonable man can look at cases like these, which may be multiplied to indifferent... Uh, Oh, man, I'm having a really hard time here. Let me get to the next page and then I'll take a break. Are written thus and thus. No reasonable man can look at cases like these, which may be multiplied to an infinite extent, and wonder what, or wonder that we find variations among the proper names occurring in the Bible. Pages three, uh, page 312. Okay. Many names in the Old Testament are, for some reason, are strange for some reason, written differently in the New Testament. Most of these errors are made by trans- 
misreading a word or a letter, such as the Old Testament, New Testament, Isaiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Ezekias, Uriah, Urias, Boaz, Boaz, Hosea, O.C., Asher, or Azar, Elijah, or Eliasus, Elijah, and Elias, Noah, and No, Hagar, and Agar, Ezekiel, and Ezekias, uh, page, or on page uh, 111. Oh man, at 12%. Jehoshaphat and Josephat, Rehoboam and Reboam, Korah, Kor, uh, Korah and Kor, Joshua and Jesus. So, oh, in the Hebrew Bible, Yeshua, son of Nun, is the the leader that was after Moses and he led them into the land of Canaan. His name was Yeshua, um, which transliterates into Jesus in the English. Um, so he had the same name as Jesus, basically. And his name in Hebrew means to save which was appropriate for both the the prophet and the Messiah. It is interesting to compare the many different versions of, of a particular biblical passage. For example, 14, 6, verse, uh, verses 6 and 7. King James, we saw an, another angel fly in the midst of having, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. The New English states, Then I saw an, an angel flying in mid-heaven with the eternal gospel to proclaim to the earth, or those on the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. Oh man, okay, I'm going to take a break. Standard Revised Version. Then I saw another angel fly in the midst in mid-heaven with the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. One, the B. Phillips Bible. Then I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, holding the everlasting gospel to proclaim to the inhabitants of the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. The Moffat translation. Then I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with an eternal gospel for the inhabitants of the earth and for every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And we're on page 112, 14%. The New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures by the Jehovah's Witnesses. I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, and he had everlasting good news to declare as glad tidings to those who dwell on the earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. 
the Knox Catholic Bible, I saw too another angel flying in mid-heaven carrying with him a final gospel to preach to all those who dwell on the earth, to every race and tribe and language and people. The Douay version of the Catholic Bible by Arendzen. And I saw another angel fly through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that sit upon the earth and over every nation and tribe and tongue and people. The Complete Bible, an American translation by J.M.P. Smith, um, state uh, his translation, Then I saw another angel fly in midair with an eternal good news to announce to the inhabitants of the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. The Roman Catholic edition of the Revised Standard Version, 1965, Then I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. We're on page 113 now at 16%. In Romans 10, 8 through 10 of the King James Version, we read, The word is nigh, nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 8 through 10. However, from the Living Bible version, the same verse reads much differently. God's message of salvation is near you, on your lips and in your hearts, not in good works, dietary laws, baptism, church membership, and temple ritual, that the message of faith that we preach, if you declare with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for we, uh, for we believe in our hearts and are put right with God. We declare with our lips and are saved. Uh, that sounds like they were adding their theology into the translation and just adding a bunch of stuff. Anyway, which I think has happened numerous times in previous translations. Anyway, there are scriptures in the Bible that apparently were incorrect, correctly quoted by original writers. For instance, Matthew said, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, and the price of him that was valued, whom they are the children of Israel did value. Matthew 27, 9. Matthew said, this was spoken by Jeremiah, but it is a quotation from the book of Zechariah, which is Zechariah 11.12. We're on page 114 at 18%. Another misquoted scripture is original quote misquote. Behold, I will send my messenger. Behold, I send my messenger before, and he shall prepare the way, the way thy face which shall prepare before me. That's Malachi 
thy way before thee. But that's Mark chapter 1, verse 2, that's quoting Malachi 3, 1, incorrectly. Sacrifice, and thou, an offering thou didst, wherefore, when he cometh in to not desire, mine ear hath thou, the world hath, say, uh, he saith, Sacrifice and open burnt offerings and sin offerings thou wouldest not, but offer hast thou not required a body hast thou prepared in me. Psalms 40 verse 6. Burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. And that's Hebrews 10, 5 and 6. Ye say of him whom the Father when Jesus came into the coasts of hath sanctified and sent into Caesarea Philippi, he asked his his the world, Thou blasphemous disciples, saying, Who do men say I am are say because I said I am the son of that I the son of man am? God? Ugh, that's confusing. John 10:36 and Matthew 16:13. In his days Judah shall be saved, in those days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. This is this is his name whereby he shall, and this is the name whereby with in the name wherewith she be called the Lord our shall be called that's confusing the Lord our righteousness Jeremiah 23.6 and then it says righteousness in Jeremiah 33.16 a similar situation when all four of the gospel writers gave different reports on what was written of Jesus on the cross. Number one, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews, Matthew 27, 37. Two, the King of the Jews, Mark 15, 26. Three, this is the King of the Jews, Luke 23, 38. And four, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, John 19, 19. Furthermore, there Furthermore, there are two different genealogies of Jesus given us by Matthew and by Luke. Compare uh, Matthew 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 16, and Luke chapter 3, 23 through 38. I'm not going to go over those, but I just wanted to tell you, one has 14 generations in it, and one has 13 generations in it. And a lot of people are like, why does it? Why does he have that? And remember, Jesus is the son of God. So why would Joseph, Joseph's genealogy be um, listed as Jesus's genealogy? I'm going to tell you that it was not Joseph whose genealogy that was. The reason why one uh, on Mary's side had 14 generations but on the other one, it only had 13 generations is because John, the father of Mary's, it went through Mary's father's genealogy and Mary's mother's genealogy. That's why one has 13 generations, because Mary is the 14th generation. 
and the other one has 14 generations because it goes directly down to Mary. That's why they're different. Um, Joseph, the, the husband of Mary, was not listed in the genealogies, but a lot of people don't realize that Mary's father's name was Joseph as well. So that's why they're different. And I don't think Ogden knew that, and I know a lot of people don't know that, but I do. So that's why one has 13 generations and the other one has 14 generations. Anyway, among many different types of errors that have crept into the Bible are those passages which seem to contradict each other. The transmission of words do not always express the same idea, and they often seem to be saying just the opposite. The following examples are just some of the contradictory problems found throughout the Bible. We're on page 115 at 21%. Omnipotence means all-powerful. Weary or rest. The everlasting God, the Lord, in the six in the six days the Lord made heaven and creator of the ends of the earth earth, and on the seventh day he fainteth not, neither is weary or rested and was refreshed. Exodus um, 3117 and then it's also misquoted. But it's pretty close in Isaiah 40:28. Possible or not. When Jesus beheld them and said it was impossible for God to lie unto them with men, this is impossible, but with God all things are impossible. And th- so it was impossible for God to lie, but the other one says all things are possible with God. And that's Hebrews 6.18 and Matthew 19.26. Present or afar off. God is our refuge and strength. Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? A very pleasant help in trouble. Why hidest thyself, thou thyself in times of trouble? Uh, let's see, that's Psalms 46.1 and Psalms uh, 10.1, finding him. Those that seek me early, shall they seek me early? But they find me, and that's Proverbs 8.17, and then in Proverbs 1.28, it basically says the same thing except for uh, they shall not find me. Draw nigh unto God, and he will verily, thou art a God that hidest, draw nigh unto you. And I think I'm actually getting some of these wrong, because I think what's going on here is my um, computer program that I I brought this over to in the reader program. I think it's, I think it's conflating all of these and um, making them... Um, not the way the book actually had it. I think it reformatted it or reconfigured it. <coughs> Excuse me, but I'm still going to read them. Um, but if you want to go and check it out, uh, you just go to Biblical Errors and as it is translated correctly, and you can find it there and read it for yourself. Anyway, drive my to God and he will verily... 
um, thou art a god that hidest, draw nigh unto you. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to skip all of this stuff. Um, it just basically is shown how within the Bible, um, one thing will say one thing, and then another, another part of the Bible it will talk about, like, He's not afar off, but then he is afar off. And Sodom and Gomorrah did one thing, but um, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah doing another thing. The nature of God, he can or cannot be seen. The similitude of the Lord shall he behold. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of fire, and ye heard a voice of of the words but saw no similitude and that's the difference between numbers 12 8 and deuteronomy uh 4 12 or on page 117 i'm gonna try to i i think i can figure this out real quick so no man hath seen god at any time and um and the lord appeared to solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. So there's a difference between John chapter 118 and 1 Kings 9, 2. So, and there's a lot of this, like where it talks about nobody can see God, but then it says that um, certain people saw him face to face. And the Christians got all kind of mental gymnastics gymnastics to, to try to get around this. Um I believe in Isaiah when it says that no God or man can see God. It's talking of God the Eternal Father, not um, our God. Uh, and that would make sense to people who are familiar with the progression of the gods and uh, all of that. Um, probably not to Trinitarians because they don't understand these things. Which is why, one of the reasons why there had to be a restoration. So anyway, uh, the eternal king, immortal, then Moses went up and Aaron, Nadab, um, and Abihu, and the seventies of elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel, but one of them says he was invisible. Um, and that's the difference between 1 Timothy 1.17 and Exodus 24.9 and 10. He said, Thou canst see. And Stephen said, Behold, I see my face, for there shall no man in the heavens um, opened, and the Son of... Oh, yeah, I'm not getting this one very well. You know what, I'm going to get out of the reader program and see if I can read this better. And it'll take me just a minute to get there. Actually, I think it'd be easier just to read it straight out of the book, um, but I'm not going to do that right now. So I think we're on page 117. Okay, here. 
No man has seen, the, uh, seen God at any time. And the Lord appeared to, Solom, to Solomon the second time as he appeared unto him at Gibeon. So <clears throat> there's the two differences there. John 1, 18 and uh, 1 Kings 9, 2. The, eternal, the King Eternal, Immortal. Let's see here. Then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab. Invisible, and Abu and the seventies of the elders of Israel, and they saw God, the God of Israel. So that's the difference between First Timothy one seventeen and Exodus twenty four nine and ten, which is the one that we were talking about before. And he said, "Thou canst." You know what? I'm going to go to the book. This translated correctly. You know, I gotta turn on the internet here. Um, I'll be right back. I'm gonna figure this out before I come back to the recording. Okay, I'm back. Um, let's see here. No man hath seen nor can see. And then the other one said, And Jacob called the name of the place, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And the difference, um, and that's First uh, Timothy 6, 6.16, uh, verses Genesis 32.30. Um, and he said, Thou canst not see... And Stephen said, Behold, I see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Exodus 33:20. But Stephen said, And behold, I see, and the heavens are opened. And God, uh, on the right hand of God, a man standing on the right hand of God. That's Acts um, 7. 56. So one says nobody nobody can see God, and the righteous cannot see God, but the righteous can. So Stephen saw God, but the other one talks about how people can't see him, but that's not true. Um, the righteous can. Uh, the righteous can, um, if God so declares it, because it's not impossible for God to do anything, right? But um, but the wicked, they're not going to see God. Let's see. Whom no man hath seen nor can see. Oh, yeah, and I already read that part. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Exodus 33:11. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. Judges 13:22. And the year that King Uzziah, Uzziah died, I also I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And that's Isaiah 6, 1. So, and then here's another one, a spirit or a body. And before we get into this, there are three who are the, the first presidency of this earth. That is God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Witness. God the Creator and God the Redeemer are resurrected beings. Now, 
in the Old Testament, Jesus, that was before the res- resurrection of God the, the Redeemer, or Jesus, or Yeshua. So he was a spirit being at that time. He did not have a body. But God the Creator did. And this whole time, up until my mortality, um, God the Witness has been in the spirit. He's been a spirit. But Joseph Smith taught that God the Witness had to come and do the same or similar things that Jesus did, and that he had to come and take a body, which is now fulfilled in your ears. Um, Which makes a lot of people uneasy with me when I say that. Um, But God showed me who I am and who I was and why I was called and chosen to be the witness or God the witness. in the or like before before this earth was so joseph smith talked about how god the witness had to come and take a body so um so when it talks about god is a spirit like in the new testament well god the witness was a spirit but jesus christ at that time had a resurrected body and so did God the creator so anyway we'll go through this and the spirit hath not flesh and bones as as ye see me have let's see so and that's Luke 24:39 and then it talks about the tablets of stone, stone that God wrote with his finger in Exodus 31:18 John 4:24 says God is a spirit and like I said Jesus well Jesus had a body in his mortality and God the Father or God the Creator had a resurrected body from a prior uh, mortal probation but God the witness at that time did not have a body so God is a spirit speaking of the Holy Ghost and um <clears throat> And here's another thing. In Genesis 32:25, it talks about how Jacob, the patriarch, he wrestled with God and it caused his thigh to go out of joint as he wrestled with with God. That's God the creator who has a resurrected body. So, like man or not, God said, "Let us make man in our image after our likeness Uh, then the other one says to whom then will ye liken me or shall I be equal saith the holy the holy one and that those two differences are between Genesis 126 and Isaiah 40 uh, 25 and we're on page 118 now one God or more I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. And then the other one is, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And the differences right there are between Genesis 1.26 and Isaiah 14.5. Now, the difference there. When um, in Isaiah, when it talks about uh, that there's none beside him, there's no God beside him, 
This is God the Eternal Father and God the Eternal Mother, which is one God. And they were the first, and they are the highest. And there are no gods beside them. They are God the Eternal. But under their direction are those who are the exalted ones, or the Elohims, who we also call gods. And when the Creator God, or the Creator Elohim, which is Michael, was taken by Jehovah, our Elohim. He brought him to where this earth would be created and Jehovah, our Elohim, our mighty one, under the direction of the council of the gods or the council of the mighty ones or the council of the Elohims who are under the direction of God the eternal. Jehovah, our Elohim, or Jehovah, our Elohim, took Michael to create this earth and Michael was the one that did the work and he holds the first presidency over this earth so there is only one God the eternal and that is our eternal mother and our eternal father which are one God that sounds a little confusing but uh, and like because of the loss of this knowledge, the the Christendom or Christendom and um, Judaism, they uh, they all don't understand these things at all, not even a little bit. So they they're like blind men uh, walking around in the dark, no idea, um, because they're not prophets. The rabbis are not prophets. Gimliel was not a prophet. Um, Rashi, not a prophet, and I'm talking about the sages of Judaism, um, but also um, Origen wasn't a prophet. Um, Eusebius, not a prophet, you know, and then you get into the, uh, the, the, um, uh, what do you call it, the, not the restoration, but the, uh, Protestants, they're not prophets. They're blind men lighting, uh, blind men leading the blind, trying to figure it out. It wasn't until the restoration came that we had the restoration of the eternal gospel and the corrections being made uh, for this last dispensation that God sent the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth through a prophet. An angel was sent to a prophet and the prophet's name was Joseph Smith Jr. And he tried to restore as much as he could, but the people could not handle the truth. And the restoration was put on pause for a time. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, Deuteronomy 6.4. And the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know a good and evil. So there's a plurality there, and that's Genesis 3.22. See, without revelation, it seems like there's contradictions, but there's not. Not, not if you're a prophet. But under unto us there is but one God, the, um, the Father of whom are all things, and in heaven, the Father, the Word, 
and the Holy Ghost. Uh, and there are three that bear record. Let's see. It, it's hard to figure this out because even in the book, it's it, it's it's the format is really weird. Um, there are three that bear record. The Father of whom all things are in heaven and we in him. So, and this talks about the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the the Spirit, the water, and the earth, I think. Uh, and it doesn't give the quotation here in its full context, but I'm trying to remember it from, from memory. Anyway, I and the Father are one, John 10, 30. I came forth from the Father and had come into the world Again, I leave the world and go to the Father, John 16:28. Anyway, so here's another one uh, that talks about the respect of persons. There is no iniquity in the Lord. For our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts, 2 Chronicles 19:7. And the Lord hath respect unto Abel to his offerings, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. So one says he has respect for people, and then the other one says he has no respect for for anybody. He's no respecter of persons, which means he doesn't lift one above another. But he did. But he does. So anyway, um, then Peter opened his mouth. Instead of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And that's Acts 10, 34. And the other one says, And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Exodus 2, 25. Here's another one. For there is no respect of persons with God, Roman chapter 2, 11. And then the other one says, For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply and establish my covenant with you. And that's Leviticus 31, 9. Your master is also is in heaven. Um, neither is there respect of persons with him uh, Ephesians 6 9 and the other one says and the Lord was gracious unto them and had compassion on them and had respect unto them 2nd Kings 13 23 so there's a whole bunch of these I'll, I'll just go I'll keep going through them so I know like because I've read the scripture so much I can kind of re- I can look at these, um, the format and say, okay, this scripture goes with this, this line goes with that line because they're all jumbled. Um, so luckily I have, um, read the Bible multiple, many, many times actually. Um, the father without, uh, the father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work. 
that's first Peter one seventeen. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the the proud he knoweth afar off. Okay, and that's Psalms one thirty eight six. Alright, so the next one is finding God. He that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. That's Matthew 7, 8. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, hither ye cannot come. John seven thirty four. Right. I am sought of them that ask... Not for me, I am found of them that sought me not. Isaiah 65, 1. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many say, Seek, let's see, unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able to. Uh, Luke 13, 24. You know, and I want to say something about that before we go into the next part. The proper translation of many shall seek and not enter in, or where he's saying, um, have not we done many great works in thy name? Um, Jesus doesn't say, I don't know you. He says to them, you never knew me. See, People know about Jesus, but they do not come to a personal relationship through inspiration and revelation, and they preach a false Jesus. So when they come into heaven, they're all like, oh, we were preachers. We did all these great things. And he's like, you never knew me because they knew all about him and the interpretations they have of him, but they never knew him. See, God, being no respecter of persons, wants all of his children to become prophets. And he wants all of us to get revelations. If you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you, not someone else. That's James 1.5. God wants us to have a personal relationship with him and not to rely upon some book, uh, even if it is the scriptures. He wants us to use the scriptures to come to know him and to begin to have a personal relationship with him. So, anyway, we're on page 119. Attributes revealed or unsearchable. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And the other one says, the greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. Um... Oh, I think that's just it. Um, and the, those are uh, Psalms 19.1 and Psalms 145.3. All right, let's see here. Okay, I'm going to skip down a couple. Um, just because that's so long to go through all of these. Um, it's going to be a, a, a very long um, episode. And um, and I do provide a place where you can uh, find the link to read this chapter for yourself. 
Um, oh man, there's so much here. Well, here's here's another one. God in repentance. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it, and I will not go back, neither will I spare, neither will repent. Um, And then the other one says, And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil he had said, that he would do unto them and he did and he did it not so that's um, the difference between Ezekiel 24.14 and Jonah 3.10 for I am the Lord and change not thou art gone back let's see saith the Lord okay yeah that's math I think that's Malachi chapter 3, 6. And the the other one says, Thou hast forsaken me. Thou art gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary weary with repenting. And that's Jeremiah or Yahoo 25, 6. So, and then uh, there's been times when his anger has been brief. And and there's been time when it's uh, lasting. For his anger endureth but a moment. Psalms 35, 30 verse 5. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. Numbers 32, uh, 13, sorry. And we're um, on page 120. Wow. So this one is a topic, um, denounces or promotes deception. Cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flocks a male and... Thou and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. Malachi 1.14 And the other one says, O Lord, thou hast deceived me and was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. I think that's Jeremiah 20 verse 7 and if the prophet be deceived when he hath spoken a thing I the Lord have deceived that prophet so it's showing that God can deceive somebody uh, if he chooses to for his righteousness of course and I will stretch out my hand upon him and will destroy him from the midst of my people Israel that's Ezekiel 14 verse 9 this one's I'm lying The strength of Israel will not lie. And then the other one, and that's Samuel, 1 Samuel 25, 9. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all thy 
these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. And that's 1 Kings 22, 23. Uh, another one is, now the, Lord, the, now the God of peace be with you all. And then that's Romans 15, 33. And the other one is, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Exodus 15, verse 3. This one, um, I'm not going to go over this one. It talks about who hardened Pharaoh's heart. I'm just going to get out of this because, like, you can look at all of this for yourself. Um, but I want to, I want to get back into the the actual reading. We're not just going through all these hundreds of scriptures which have uh, seem to contradict other parts of the Bible. And there is so much. That's why the, this uh, chapter seems to be so long. Because there is so much to read here. All of these scriptures that that seem to contradict each other. Um, actually, while I'm going through this and just scrolling, I'm going to pause it. Uh, and I'll come right back, so it'll be a second for you. But I'm going to get to a place where I can start reading. And hopefully it's not all um, just these scriptures that are just so many of them. I will post this on my Facebook group, um, LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, for anybody in the podcast who wants to join me on Facebook in my Facebook group. Um, and I'll also po- post um, uh, this in Tumble, and I will also post the links to this book so you can read it for yourself. All right, I'll be right back. Okay, there's one last one I want to go through before we get back in, uh, back into the reading. And it is appointed unto men once to die. That's Hebrews 9, 27. Uh, but then the other one says, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. John eleven twenty six, And that's uh, shall never die a spiritual death. But the other one's talking about a physical death. And for every resurrection or rotation, um, it is that we are appointed once to die. So... If you know anything about multiple mortal probations, um, before I ever learned about that, um, God revealed to me a great secret, which is he called it a great secret. He said that um, we have the opportunity, so we're damned in a state of resurrection unless we're exalted. It doesn't matter if we're, we're resurrected, the first two tiers of the celestial kingdom or terrestrial or telestial were damned in the state of resurrection we cannot progress past a, a certain point but what he he was like this is a great secret and he was very happy to reveal this to me and this like i said is before i learned about multiple mortal probations um he told me that we have the opportunity to put off the resurrection to go back in the spirit and go on a another world so when in revelations it talks about a new heaven and a new earth this earth becomes a pre-existence to the new earth 
and the new heaven that goes along with that. So, and this this earth actually becomes a heaven. So, all those who do not make it to exaltation have the opportunity after this earth is over with to put off the resurrection and go into another mortal probation on another earth. Um, so it is appointed unto man once to die for each eternal round. So, okay. Among the contradictions and discrepancies in the Bible are those errors in reporting, reporting history. In recording events, years, and numbers, sometimes a writer in the New Testament would relate an incident different from the way it was recorded in the Old Testament. On several occasions, a writer in the New Testament reported an event different from, from even a contemporary disciple. And going further, in some instances, a Bible author would contradict what he himself had already written. Consider the following examples. And I just have to tell you, so in the days of Jesus Christ, um, they were speaking Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. Um, and they had the Septuagint, which was a Greek Bible. And the Greek Bible reads different than the Hebrew Bible. There's a lot of things that are different. So the one that Jesus was using, the Septuagint, um, when and the apostles, when they're quoting certain things and you go to the Hebrew Bible, like it doesn't read the same. But if you go to the Septuagint, it does read the same as they're quoting it. So they had the Septuagint, and that's more than just the Pentateuch or the, four, uh, the first five books. That's what it started out as. But as they went along in history, they translated other books of the Bible and added it to the Septuagint. So anyway, uh, number one, Adam was told not eat eat of the tree or he would die. And he said, uh, and this is the scripture, Genesis 2:17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in that day thou shalt thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. But then he ate of the tree, and it was recorded in all the days of Adam, that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. That's Genesis chapter 5, verse 5. And that is from the fall to his, his supposed death, that he was actually translated and taken off the earth. But from the day of his fall... He lived another 930 years. But from his beginning, before the fall, he actually lived 999 and a half years. So in the day of the Lord, being a thousand years, he actually died within the time period that the that Jehovah said he would die. So, And that's Jehovah, our grandfather, not Jesus. Which drives me nuts because that was part of the that was part of the restored gospel and then things change as they want to be more popular with the world and now you have a false doctrine being taught in the church which is one of the reasons why jesus said he would have to send one mighty and strong to set the house of god in order implying it would become out of order in doctrine and covenant section 85 verses 8 and all through that area so 
Um, in relating the account of the flood, Moses wrote about the number of animals that were to be taken into the ark, of fowls after their kind, and cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And that's Genesis 6, 20. But in the very next chapter, he said, Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by seven, the male and his female, and a beast that are not clean by two, the male and his female. So I think um, I think that this is this is taking the male and the female as one. So that would be four unclean animals and fourteen clean animals. Um, I believe that's what it's uh, that's what it's actually saying. Um, not just seven seven of one and two of another. Anyway, of fowls also by seven the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. And that's Genesis chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. And it was written that after after he, um, the uh, flood, all nations were divided according to their own language. Uh, Okay. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, every one after his tongue and after their families in their nations, Genesis 10:5. And yet in the following chapter, it says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. All right. Uh, here's the fourth topic. Moses read the Ten Commandments of God in Exodus 22 verse, uh, verses 2 through 17 but they are recorded differently in Deuteronomy um, 5, 6 through 21 John three uh, twenty two records that Jesus did baptizing then a few verses later Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples uh, topic 6 Matthew said that the centurion himself came to Jesus and asked him to cure his sick manservant. But in Luke, it said that the centurion sent the elders of the Jews to ask Jesus to cure his servant. And that is, uh, if you compare Matthew 8, verse 5, and Luke verse uh, 7, verse 3. Okay, we're on page 135. Okay, and this is topic seven. Matthew said that the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons and asked that these two sons come into his kingdom. But in Mark, it said that the two sons, James and John, made the request themselves. And you can compare Matthew 20, 20, uh, 20 verses 20 and 21 with Mark chapter 10, verses 35 and 37. Topic eight, 8, Mark and Luke reported the healing of one, one blind man, blind man. Um, but Matthew said that there were two. Furthermore, Matthew and Mark said it was done when Jesus was going out of Jericho 
Luke said it occurred when Jesus was getting near Jericho. Topic 9, the Beatitudes were written differently by Matthew and Luke. For example, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.3 But the Luke edition uh, accounts as Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Luke 6.20 Topic 10, Matthew 21.2 said that two donkeys were used for Christ's entrance into Jerusalem. Mark 11.2 and Luke 19.30 says it was only one. Topic 11. Jesus said to Peter, Verily I said, say unto you that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Matthew 26.34. But Mark wrote that Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you that this day, even in this night, before the cock the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And that's Mark 1430. Um, Topic 12, Mark wrote, when the centurion had stood over against him and saw that he, Jesus, so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Mark 15, verse 39. However, Luke recorded, now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Luke 23:47. We're on page 136 with topic 13. Matthew described the death of Judas in this way. And he cast, it, he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Matthew chapter 27, 5. But Luke reported it another way. Now this man, speaking of Judas, purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, 30 pieces of silver, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and his bowels gushed out. And that's Acts 1, 18. Um, and real quick, I just wanted to say that, um, <clears throat> like, I don't see why... Uh, and one said he hanged himself, and the other one said he fell off a cliff. I don't see why he couldn't have hanged himself, and the rope broke, and he fell, and his bowels gushed out. Uh, there are some accounts, I don't know whether they're true or not, that said that the uh, that the other apostles kicked him to death. So, and that's why his bowels gushed out, but I don't know. I, it's... I don't know and I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me how it happened. Um, I know that Jesus lives, whether or not there's contradictions of the Bible, because I've seen him face to face, and I've touched him, and I've embraced him, and I've seen the Father, and I've touched him, and I've embraced him. So whether or not um, this Bible um, has these seeming contradictions in it or not, it makes no difference to me. I know God lives because I've seen him face to face. Anyway, topic 14, there's a, dissert, a disagreement in the account of John, accounts of John and Luke as to whether or not the Holy Ghost was here before Pentecost. In John 7, 38 and 39, it states, For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But on the other hand, Luke records that Simeon, a man of Jerusalem, had received a special promise, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, 
and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the risen uh, seen before he had seen the Lord's Christ the, the Lord's or Jehovah's Messiah basically anyway that's Luke tw- uh, 2 25 yeah so anyway alright topic 15 Paul also made a contradictory statement referring to years in Acts 19 he said and this continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jew and Greek. Acts 19.10 But in Acts 20, it says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Acts 20 Verse 31. Uh, We're on page 137 at 79%. Many more historical inconsistencies are evident in the Bible, so to make sure the reader has no question about this fact, a few more samples are included here, divided into two sections, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it says, Noah was just a man and perfect in... For there was, there is not a just man upon. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, this is gonna get screwy again. Noah's just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. For there is not a just man upon. the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Ugh. I hate it when it, it conflates these in these chapters. Anyway, that's Genesis 6, 9, um, as opposed to Ecclesiastes 7, 20. Beersheba, named by Abraham, later named by Isaac, and that is Genesis 26:33 and Genesis 21:31. Abraham's only son Isaac, um, but he had several sons, uh, and that's the difference between um, Genesis 25:6, Genesis 2, or 22:2, and Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, 17. Uh, Jacob purchased the birthright, but he, um, but that's in Genesis 27.1-29, I think. And in another place in Genesis 25.31-33, it says he obtained obtained it by deception. Jacob's son, 11 born in within seven years uh, 11 being born in seven years but then another place it says that it was 13 years um, Jacob's age at his flight 40 years 
And another one says 77 years. That's interesting. I'm going to skip all these. If you want to read these, go ahead and read them. Um, yeah, the, the contradictions here, they're hard to get through because, um, like I said, the format's all screwed up. But in the book, in the, the link that I'll send you in the book itself, in fact, I might not even make a link for this on Tumblr uh, just because it's so confusing. I might just make the link for um, the book itself on ogdenkraut.com so people can go read it there. Uh, man, this is a lot of, this is a lot of mess. All right, so uh, we're on page 140 at 87%. Um, about scriptural instructions, probably more crucial than historical contradictions are those pertaining to the instructions for daily living. When these scriptures aren't clear, it becomes very confusing for the individual who is trying to live a good Christian life. This series of inconsistencies will be divided into three sections. The Old Testament, the New Testament, and disagreeing between the Old and the New Testament. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're going to try to get through a couple of these. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exodus 20, verse 8. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 13. I'm not doing this. So, huh. I'll make, I'll put the links that you can go and read this, but I'm, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go through and read all of this. It's just, it's too much. And and the format's all screwy and my, my thing, and I don't want to go back and forth, um, to the chapters. So anyway, uh, basically, oh, this episode is long, but I just, I don't know. I just. I think a lot of people can read this for themselves if they want. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast and in the description of the YouTube. Um, I'm not going to make uh, a reading video of this one. Um, I'll make a, a podcast video on YouTube, but I'll um, I'll include include the link in the description so you can go read this for yourself so you can see all the contradictions and. Um, and, and read them for yourself. See, so you don't have to take my word for it. So, when we come back, um, we're going to be in a very much uh, easier chapter. <laughs> it's uh, chapter 10 of As It Is Translated Correctly, starting on page 146. And the uh, title of the chapter is Joseph's Inspired Translation. And as I'm done, The four-year-old, Arius, is coming up. Hi, Arius. Ah, don't climb on me. Don't climb on me. Because I'm I'm doing the radio show. I'm almost done, though, okay? Do you want to say hi to everyone? I can't. My eyes hurt. Your eyes hurt still? He told me the sun hurt his eyes yesterday, so... My eyes hurt. You can't go sleep, Dave. 
Oh, your eyes hurt because you were sleeping? And you're awake now, so your eyes hurt? Okay. He's my four-year-old. Anyway, I try to do these in the morning or in the middle of the night so that I don't have a lot of interruptions. But anyway, so I'm glad things worked out the way they worked out. Excuse me. Anyway, so like I said, yeah, next the next uh, podcast will be uh, Joseph's Inspired Translation, which I personally can't wait to get to, but we're going to have to because I work tomorrow. So anyway, thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless and goodbye.